Hello listeners, and welcome back to Advancing Education, Alberta's number one student leader podcast, where we talk about student issues, news, conduct interviews, and all other kinds of stuff like that. You're listening to The Leaders Series, where we interview current student leaders of ASEC and the future leaders in our province. I'm your host, Dalton Neary. Let's jump in. Welcome to episode four of ASEC's Advancing Education Leaders Series. We are pleased to be joined by Aaron Ramos, the SAITSA Vice President. How are you doing this morning? Doing pretty good. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, awesome. Well, we're excited to have you and congratulations on becoming the September Student of the Month. How are you feeling about that? Well, very honored. Very honored. It's, it's, it's such a great privilege to uh, be able to contribute to this organization. Yeah, we were we were really excited to have you at, at goals and like I said earlier before we were recording, you were you were great there. You're asking all the good questions and up at the podium and contributing to those conversations. So it was great to have you there. Perfect. Thanks. Uh, so why don't you tell us about yourself? Absolutely. Um so let's talk a little bit about the uh, the man behind the name, you know, under the suit. <laughs> I, I like to dress up. I actually enjoy wearing suits, contrary to most people's uh, opinions about them. I find they're very comfy. I often volunteer at a lot of community functions. My hobbies are playing music. I actually play <clears throat> I play seven instruments um, consisting of piano, bass, guitar, drums, saxophone, violin, and trumpet. And I use that skill to teach kids who can't afford, you know, conventional music lessons for free because why everyone needs a little bit of music in their life, right? That's awesome. And, you know, financial status shouldn't be able to dictate what they can or can't learn. And I'll touch a little bit about that more later on in our future <laughs> questions here. Perfect. <clears throat> what's, uh, what's your favorite instrument to play? Um, personally, I really like playing the guitar. It yeah. was something that my dad taught me. My dad taught me actually most of those instruments. Um, so it has a close, uh, close emotional connection to me. Awesome. I always wanted to learn how to play the sax. I, f- I feel like there's not enough sax solos in, in music these days. So. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Like I think the most, the interesting one that I could think of was the sax solo in, uh, in that, uh, TJIF song by Katy Perry. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know yeah. that one. Yeah. My, yeah. <laughs> my favorite's, um, Midnight City. Um, who, who sings that song? Uh, it's older. It's way before your time. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, uh, so, like we, we, we said, uh, you're the VP at SAITSA, um, and also that's what school you go to. Uh, how did you choose to go to SAIT, and what, what made you kind of get into those roles? Well, I'll start with answering of why I decided to go to SAIT. So, SAIT was... <sighs> SAIT boasts a 95% hiring rate after graduation in the intended fields of study. Um, and I thought that was, you know, what better way to, you know, invest in my education to, and the result is getting a better job. Um, and I really enjoyed that it's a lot of hands-on experience rather than just more theory, um, because not only do they teach you concepts and how to do things, but how to apply it in your focused fields. And that was a really big part of me. And, you know, as being a hands-on person, um, another hobby of mine is I like to work on cars. Okay. So, um, yeah, being a hands-on person, it was it was a really big win for me. And I guess the last point is, you know, let's be honest, Sate has a cheaper tuition, so that's always a uh, that's always a win. Good place to start. Yeah. What uh, what okay. program are you taking? 
Um, I finished the diploma of uh, business administration in April, and now I'm pursuing the bachelor's. So that's another two, three years. Awesome. Did you have to? Did you have to postpone your education to to do this role? Um, slightly. So I just reduced my course load from a five course down to a three. It did extend me by one more year, but you know, the experience that I've been gaining here is astronomical and the benefits and the upper hand that I'll have of entering into the workforce will just be that much higher. 100%, yeah. Uh, you, you don't really get the opportunities that, that other students or other students don't get the opportunities that, that you have, that's for sure, but it's a it's a definite trade-off. Like you, you lose, like you said, an entire year, basically, yeah. uh, to get those opportunities. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, were there any other schools that you considered? or There was. Um, so I'll tell a little bit of a quick story here. Sure. After graduation of high school in 2016, I wanted to enter into um, the Bachelors of Education. I got accepted into MRU, but evidently ended up going to St. Mary's. Um, I started off with taking a psychology minor there, and I just realized that that wasn't for me. So I took some time off, took four years off after actually. I worked every job under the sun from construction, retail, I ended up being a kitchen and deli manager for a handful of years, cool. and I decided to come back and invest in post-secondary. Cool. That's good for you. Um, <laughs> what kind of retail did you work in? <laughs> um, <laughs> I worked in uh, clothing retail. I actually used to be a, uh, what they call now call a brand rep for Abercrombie & Fitch. Oh, cool. You, yeah. You just like stand up front with your shirt off? Is that what the brand rep does? <laughs> I don't know if I would be that confident, but I was definitely behind the counter with my shirt on. <laughs> That's good. That'd be a tough one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, what about student leadership uh, made you run? Obviously, taking all that time off and thinking about your education it's uh, and wanting to come back, and you'd think you'd want to be done it right away. So uh, what made no, you absolutely. want to do the, the <laughs> student leadership? So the transition that kind of took place there is I was heavily involved in a in a school club called Enactus, where they work on innovation and sustainability projects. And you know, you run those and you see how many lives you can impact in the world. Um, and we're only a state charter here. And a friend of mine was actually talking to me about, you know, maybe running. And I thought, you know, if I can make lives better for people outside of the school, why not just focus in on the people right around me? And student leadership was the best way to do that. It was actually the perfect way to do that. So it just made sense to kind of go that way. For sure. I uh, I was a part of an actus when I was in, in university as well. Hey, um, no way. Honest, Like your story is pretty much the exact same as mine. My first uh, couple of months I, I was with an actus and then I was like, well, you know, if I'm going to be involved, I might as well might as well try doing it this way too. Uh, mm -hmm. What was one of the projects that you worked on while you were at sea? Um, so there was a couple called Case Clash. There was one called Case Clash um where you know you teach students to think critically and be more financially aware about those business decisions so it's taking high school students immigration uh, immigration people coming in um, we work with a couple of uh, international students and international organizations as well to be able to teach them to start their own businesses coming into canada where the business culture could be different somewhere else. So the cases that we presented to them actually offered a unique look into the Canadian and Calgary specific um, market. It was actually quite interesting. Yeah, we did a similar sort of project with um, 
uh, elementary school kids uh, where we basically taught them financial literacy as well and worked them through like a business plan to get them to a point where they could build a product and sell it at a trade show at the college. So it was kind of a sort of similar vein, just teaching that financial literacy. So I really enjoyed With it. Elementary students. Elementary students, yeah. Oh, and that is amazing. Yeah, when we, there's a, just a very small group of uh, people in, in Medicine Hat and that's that's kind of who we were targeting. So it was a lot of fun. I, re I really enjoyed my time with Enactus. I, I would recommend it to anybody going, going to post-secondary. Likewise. Yeah. Uh, what was your biggest takeaway from your summer of your first term here? Um, my biggest takeaway from the summer, you know what, that, uh, that's a good one. And a lot of people would think that with the positions that were in student leadership, you would have a vast understanding of how the political landscapes work. Um, that was not the case for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was um, one of those guys that kind of went along, you know, whatever happens, happens. I'll leave it in the hands of the general population to decide what's best for me. <clears throat> But upon taking this position, there was that whole view changed. Mm -hmm. So my biggest takeaway really is by fully understanding and learning the ins and outs of the municipal, provincial and federal government um, and just understanding how complex it really is and that you'll never stop learning about the operations of it. Definitely. Yeah, it's a uh, it's quite an unruly beast government. It's It's tough to really pinpoint down things that you like or things that you don't like or things that you can understand even that's it's uh, even i've been a part of asec for like six years now total through my through my students association time and i feel like i still have no idea what's going on so <laughs> oh yeah no a lot of my poli sci friends they're like i don't know what's going on i'm like dude me too <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you're getting there in school trying to learn it so <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> Uh, so tell me about uh, SATE, I guess. What, uh, what's going on at, at, the, at the campus this year? Yeah, absolutely. So we have a couple things kind of really big going on. So for our student association, we have our centennial celebration um, where we are celebrating 100 years of success and, you know, existing. And we have a bunch of um, events kind of coming up. We had an entire 10 days of concerts back to back to back to back back to back to back um <laughs> and then we had a, a keynote speaker harner ryan singh oh nice um he was actually one of the um they had an event kind of like a reach out of um broadcasting the nhl games in in punjabi mm -hmm. and so he and the team actually kind of got that all together and he was you know recruited onto the app to be one of the announcers for the actual nhl uh, the main branch and oh my goodness the success that he's seen and the diversity that he's included into the nhl the um adversities that he's had to face was significant and the music and the message that he brought out spoke a lot to our international students our domestic students and it was such a powerful message um and i think what he's most um famous for is i'm not sure if you've ever heard it but do you know nick benino nick benino hockey player i think Yes. Vancouver, maybe? Yeah, I believe so. But his big, Harner Ryan's big thing is, you know, Bonino, 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 Nick Bonino. <laughs> that one, right? That's awesome. <laughs> so he, he was, uh, that, was, that was his big thing. Um, yeah, sorry. So the, the Centennial event has been a nonstop, basically, party and just celebrating the success of collaboration, advocation, and just 
you know, being there for students. So we've had like a bunch of carnivals and everything. Um, so that's been a lot of fun. And I think another thing that we have going on is the campus center reconstruction. Um, while we're celebrating old things, I think uh, State decided that maybe old buildings aren't really the best thing <laughs> to. So we're taking that down. We're rebuilding to make, you know, a, a whole new landscape for State, something to really catch the attention of, um, of, of, of anyone in the Calgary population because it's right off the main train line. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it's quite important to have a building or a structure that really stands out. So reconstructing should be done in three years you know, anticipating supply chain breakdowns and, you know, delays. <laughs> I think it'll be closer to five or six. <laughs> what uh, what are you guys using for offices right now? I know State's office used to be in that building. Yeah, we are um, all kind of uh, scattered around the place. Um, staff is having a hard time finding a uh, permanent home. Um, yeah, no, I'm just kind of working out of our governance and advocacy office. So anyone listening to this, it's uh, that's where you'll find me. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I uh, whenever I'm in Calgary, I try to make a stop on that on that train line at State. My favorite view of Calgary is from uh, your guys' soccer field, where you can see just like downtown, and then just like a little bit of mountain sprinkled the back. I love stopping there and taking a look over at the city. It's it's just gorgeous right there. Oh, absolutely. You know what I think State, and I'm I'm saying this unbiasedly because State actually has the best view of downtown on their campus, or best view period. Really, I mean, it's so amazing, so beautiful. Um, you're completely submersed about what state really is by looking over at that view. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. It's uh, definitely definitely a highlight of, of getting to Calgary for sure. Um, what are you guys working on this year? Um, so we have a big project. I can't dive too big into it, but um, physical and mental well-being has been a really big focus on um, on state grounds, and we actually just got research approval for a mental well-being research project. Um, ethic approval is actually a really big thing for research. Our research coordinator, Nick, has been amazing with coordinating the research, the focus groups, you know, getting the onboarding and everything, um, setting expectations. And the thing that really stood out to me was preparing the, the volunteers as well as not only the participants, but the people who are well equipped to even to the people that are reaching out and, you know, asking surveys because the thing is keeping in mind that some things can be triggering to people who have a, a certain trauma in their, in, in their current life and it's just hard. Can you kind of talk about uh, what the goal of the of the research is? Yeah, absolutely. So mental well-being was actually one of the big things and was consistently on the platforms of, you know, ASEC, um, CASA, our federal organization, um, even CSA. So at the three levels of government, mental well-being was actually a really big issue and something that all students really wanted to support. So we're, we're hoping with this that we're able to publish our research and to be actually able to use that as the basis of statistics and data to supply to you know politicians or key decision makers that we can actually implement change and support where it's needed interesting um yeah that's awesome that's that's really good research i know um mental health has been a big thing on our radar for for years and years so 
um, mm-hmm. any more information and any anything positive that can come out of that is, is going to be great for students obviously so keep up Absolutely. that good work and hopefully hopefully you guys can get that published and get it all finished in, in your time i would hope <laughs> yeah fingers crossed we're open here yeah um what are some of the goals you guys are kind of working towards i guess that was a project what are some of the goals you have um so some goals that we have set out for ourselves is accessibility um so we're working with state on a couple of issues that we're facing at the operational level where students are having a bit of an access accessibility issue um but state's been really receptive the partnership has been great and um, we're getting a lot of um key information when it's needed Another thing that we are working on is um, diversity changes to policy wording. So our EDI coordinator at SAIT has been consistently, you know, being mindful about changing some things to make sure that it's inclusive and not um, demeaning or Inclusive. I'm not sure yes, what that word is either. Yeah. <laughs> it starts with a D, but I, I can't. That's okay. Um, but you, you know, to be very inclusive in, in all the language that's proposed in our policies. Um, and another big thing is the indigenization um, of SAITSA and SAIT is another big thing. We're working closely with the Chinook Lodge, which is our um, indigenous community that we have here, um, here at SAIT. So, yeah. Um, Lots of big things going on. Good. With uh, the indigenization, how how are you how are you go- approaching that? Like, what's what are your kind of steps towards making that a reality? Absolutely. So, truth and reconciliation has a has been a very big part of it today, uh, and the integration of the indigenous culture into the lifestyle and the events of state actually is a really big thing that we're doing. So today we have a blanket exercise. Okay. Um, I personally haven't participated in one before so i'm really excited to learn how that goes um we've started our board meetings this fall with a smudge um which was a really exciting concept to me because you know personally i i felt that was a very freeing freeing exercise very freeing moment there and i was like i could do my job way better now (laughs) yeah is that your like sates's board uh meetings or is that like the state board meetings uh, that's SAITSA's board meeting, yeah. Okay, cool. That's good. Um, apparently, they did a, a blanket exercise a couple years ago at one of our ASEC conferences. I wasn't attending it either, but apparently it's a pretty heavy, heavy process. It's uh, uh, pretty pretty intense, so um, well, definitely let me know how it goes. Okay, for sure. Yeah. I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be prepared now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, uh, what has your team's biggest challenge been so far, and how have you kind of adapted to overcome it? I think our biggest challenge is, um, you know, being adaptable to every conversation and, you know, I, I think it's it's been hard. Our biggest challenge as well is that it's with the nature of the job of student leadership, it's turnover after turnover after turnover because of, you know, you take it in your last year, you graduate, that's a new role or you know you decide that it's not for you or you want to pursue something else or you've learned whatever you could from it and then you move on leaving that position 
open to a new student, which is exciting. Um, but the thing is, the relearning process always happens and goals take time. Advocacy takes time. And with new students coming up with new goals, new ideas every single time, it's hard for those legacy goals and those key ones to actually continue on to the point that where it needs to be or else it just falls through. So our biggest goal right now is just continuation and proper succession planning um, with goals and not only people. And another issue that we face, which is not a bad thing at all, is that every director that we have is so passionate that conversation and ideas just kind of get, uh, they run crazy, they run, ah! There's just so much, so much ideas, so much love, so much passion for the student body. It's, it's hard to contain it all and, you know, put it to, put it to work, really. What, uh, what are some of the ideas coming from your guys' as directors? Like, what's something that you have just heard recently that you're kind of like, hey, maybe that's a good idea and want to start moving forward with that? Um, we, we have a quite large representation of international students on our board and getting that key insight from those students have been nothing but beneficial for us to, you know, fully understand what they are going through because myself as a domestic student, I'm not privy to the 300% tuition increase that they're facing. Um, and, you know, the different limitations that they're set from a federal level, um, you know, the disengagement and not being able to place themselves in the Canadian community or Calgarian community has been a hard one. So I, th I think those kinds of ideas and working to correct them or, you know, at least make it better has been has just been amazing. Mm -hmm. Off the top of your head, have you thought of like any sort of like high level ideas on how you can kind of fix that at SATE at least? You know what? Yeah, I <laughs> Um, at a federal level, it's been a really big thing for me to, you know, remove the cap on their ability to work while in school, because as an international student, the assumption is at an institutional and government level is that you come to Calgary, you're able to sustain yourself. And that limits to the students who are actually able to do that. And those who are not, they go through so much hardship, so much strife to be able to sustain themselves in a brand new culture, a brand new country, they may or may not know the language quite well enough to be able to place themselves in a way that, you know, introduces them to industry. And as a polytechnic, that, that's, that's, a, uh, that's a hard one. So my big idea is to remove that, um, that hour cap, that 20 hour cap per week. Awesome. I think that is part of our, one of our federal asks as well. I think it's uh, kind of ingrained into that uh, international student mm -hmm. retention and attraction sort of ask. So, I mean, yes. on the right track, I think, and I, th I, I agree with you. I think that's the way to go is uh, let those students have a little bit more freedom with, with working to actually not only just enjoy their time here, but actually like be able to contribute before, before they decide to leave or decide to stay, they can actually get a feel for the country and, and what they're getting themselves into. So. Very true, very true. Um, so yeah, we're going to start talking a little bit about ASEC here, and um, we're coming up on our lobby week, so November 21st tentatively, um, which means that uh, the ASEC goals have been selected and we're moving forward with a couple. What uh, what goals of ASEC is SETA uh, about? <laughs> Um, thank you. So I was actually empowered by the board to speak on their, on their behalf. 
here and um, a, a the ASIC goal that was you know really important to us um, being a polytechnic to maintain that connection to industry you know and keep jobs flowing um, work integrated learning was a really big thing for us um, and you know while tuition cost was a, a very close second um, and I understand that it's something that impacts all post-secondary students at a SATSA level where we wanted to focus that was at work integration work integrated learning um, what do you think, like, how do you think ACE or not ASEX, SATSA would suffer from not getting more integrated work, integrated learning? I think the downside of that and, you know, not being able to, to, to be able to properly advocate on that and, you know, not getting that is we would lose the one thing that makes us a polytechnic and the thing is, um, Personally speaking, I think polytechnics and colleges is, is the way that post-secondary is going, you know, um, where people are wanting, you know, quick education, you know, valuable information and resources to take into the workforce and to get jobs. Um, I think that'll really set us back and the future of post-secondary education and institution um, will really suffer from that if we get if we get that taken away. So I think. Yeah, I, I agree with that as well. I, I, I came from a smaller college as well, like where while I was doing my degree, I was in a cohort of like 20 students or even less than that, I think. And we just had that so much more opportunity to work with businesses in, in Medicine Hat. And my, my teachers were so much more ingrained in society or in the society there. And we were able to uh, really get like hands on learning and like go to a factory and learn about how how like one piece fits into the next piece and kind of take take all the things that we've learned and actually use them practically while we're learning them i think it's a mm -hmm. huge huge step up from or a huge like step ahead from from being in like a university where you have 200 people in a class and your and your instructor has no idea who who you are or even yeah. cares, <laughs> no. if, cares if it works out for you so um yeah. yeah work integrated learning i think is huge so uh what about your experience at goals being like your first in-person conference for ASEC and what, what did you what did you think of that honestly i thought it was it was quite amazing to understand and it gave me a good insight about what the alberta student leaders are taking to the conference and you know i was learning about some key issues um i had a great time talking to the medicine hat folks the people that you know at uh, Lethbridge College, um, NATSA, just everyone was so amazing. You know, Kings, oh my goodness. Such valuable, valuable, valuable um, points of views and so unique. And um, I think that the work that everyone's been doing and is doing has just been amazing. Mm -hmm. It's been so productive. And my experience at Goals, you know, learning, meeting MLA uh, David Egan, having him talk to us in person, um, you know, letting us badger him with our amazing questions, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and having the Minister of Advanced Education, um, Nicolaides there was very, was very beneficial too. So, you know, it, it really impressed me that ASEC had that connection um, to, to politicians and that access to, you know, being able to actually make that huge change really opened my eyes to making sure that the work that I'm doing here is not just a quick whisper in the ear but it's actually change that can really happen awesome yeah that's really good to hear and uh like i said at the top here you, you did great when you were talking to the ministers and 
uh, the MLA. You, you, you were one of the people who definitely stood out to us and that's the reason why we're uh, talking today is as you did oh. a really great job while we were out there. So um, it's, uh, it's good on. to hear you enjoyed yourself. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so we do have federal goals, which we touched on a little bit earlier. Um, the federal goals that we chose there were the international student retention and attraction, uh, Canadian mm -hmm. student financial assistance and indigenous student support. Uh, which of these have the most meaning to you personally? And which, if if adopted by the government, would impact SATE the most? Um, I kind of touched on this earlier. Um, international students have a very close um, spot in my heart because Canada is all about diversity, and the population that we have is ever growing in international. And I think it's amazing the way that we can celebrate that diversity and bring that here, and. You know, the attraction for international students is so, so, so important because offering that unique perspective, that unique culture, that unique, you know, um, diversity into what Canada is, is just so important because that's that's who we are. Our entire business model is reliant on the key strengths that everyone can kind of bring to the society. And to and we need to do a really good job at retaining that as well because you know as much it is as much it, as great as it is to you know bring them in we educate um, we educate these students you know from different walks of life they can be parents um, which we actually have a director uh, his name is Paul he is a parent he worked in the industry for twenty years he came back to school um, to further pursue education in the field that he's working in to be um, properly certified. Um, and to, you know, build a life here for better for not only himself, but his kids and future generations, I think is very admirable and to be able to retain them is quite important too. So, you know, why make everything a challenge? Why make everything so hard for them to not be able to sustain their goals or their dreams? Mm -hmm. Makes no sense to me. Yeah, I 100% I agree. Like mm -hmm. if, if Canada is attractive enough to come to do your education here, then it's got to be attractive enough to stay here after you're done your education. I agree. Yeah, very yeah. true. So that's kind of all I got for you today. But uh, if I'll, I'll give you a chance to uh, plug your own podcast, and maybe we can talk about that for a yeah. couple of minutes before we take off. <laughs> yeah, for, for sure. Um, so Saints is actually doing its own podcast. It's called The Asterix. Um, it was started by previous presidents and executive councils, um, Liam Hunter, old college's very own executive current director, uh, Ryan Morstad. He's, I, I, I've never had the opportunity and the pleasure to work or meet him yet, but um, from what I've been hearing, amazing dude. Back in my Real day, that was, that was the president back in my day, Ryan. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah good guy. Was he cool? Yeah, I, I liked him. He was a good guy. Great beard. <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm so jealous. I can't. I can't do it. I can't. I can't grow a beard. I literally just started being able to grow one, and this is all I can get. So <laughs> beautiful. You're doing great. What? Uh, what's like your favorite part about podcasting? The fact that they can't see me, see me, because I make some very strange facial expressions when I'm making weird sounds. Um, so <laughs> here's, here's a little uh, insight to episode one. We introduced our new mascot. His name is Theodore Yedison. He goes by Teddy the Yeti. Okay. Um, and Dawson asked me what my best Yeti sound was. And um, 
Oh man, I made some silly faces there. I think I actually took a video of me attempting it in the mirror this the other morning. Wow. Um, terrifying. I'd love to see it, but I don't want to steal your thunder. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll maybe. wait and we'll we'll yeah. we'll, uh, we'll get a photo of it someday. <laughs> or you can throw it, throw it out at the next conference. The big Teddy the Yeti sound. Oh yes, absolutely. I think that's how we should open every single conference is uh, with the Teddy the Yeti morning call. <laughs> I, I think I agree with that. I think it would wake everyone up quite properly. <laughs> oh yeah. See, yeah. I think that's something we can bring to John. John yeah. hears it. <laughs> yeah. I'll uh, I'll make sure to put it in my notes here for you. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Is uh is there anything else you'd like to talk about today? Is there anything you'd like to bring up at all? No, I just wanted to thank you for this opportunity. I'm really honored, and it's a privilege to be able to speak on uh, Sates' behalf and give you a little bit of insight of uh, my journey. Yeah, thank you. It was great talking to you today. I'm I'm very happy to be able to do it. And yeah, congratulations again on becoming the uh, September Student of the Month. Well deserved. And yeah, I guess we'll talk later. All right. Thanks, Dalton. See you later. Thanks again to our guests. And thank you for tuning in. If you like our content and want to learn more about ASEC, check us out at albertastudents.ca or follow us on social media at Alberta Students on all major platforms. Until next time, this is Advancing Education.